European Heart Journal Issue at a Glance Volume 43, Issue 27 Focus Issue, Heart Failure and Cardiomyopathies By Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea Read to you by Morgan Bryan Heart Failure How to Optimise Guideline-Directed Medical Therapy This focus issue on heart failure, or HF, and cardiomyopathies contains the state-of-the-art review, left ventricular remodeling post-myocardial infarction, pathophysiology, imaging, and novel therapies, by Stefan Franz and colleagues from the University of Würzburg in Germany. The authors point out that most patients survive acute myocardial infarction, or MI. Yet this encouraging development has certain drawbacks. HF prevalence is increasing and patients affected tend to have more comorbidities, worsening economic strain on healthcare systems and impeding effective medical management. The heart's pathological changes in structure and or function, termed myocardial remodeling, significantly impact on patient outcomes. Risk factors such as diabetes, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, female sex, etc., distinctly shape disease progression on the road to HF. Despite the availability of HF drugs that interact with general pathways involved in myocardial remodeling, targeted drugs remain absent and patient risk stratification is poor. Hence, in this review, Franz et al. highlight the pathophysiological basis, current diagnostic methods and available treatments for cardiac remodeling following MI. The authors further aim to provide a roadmap for developing improved risk stratification and novel medical and interventional therapies. Cardiotoxicity of drugs used in cancer is a topic of growing relevance. Randomized control trials, or RCTs, have evaluated the effects of beta blockers, or BBs, angiotensin receptor blockers, or ARBs, and angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, or ACE inhibitors, trastuzumab and anthracycline-associated cardiotoxicity. In a meta-analysis article entitled A Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis of Beta-Blockers and Renin-Angiotensin System Inhibitors for Preventing Left Ventricular Dysfunction Due to Anthracyclines or Trastuzumab in Patients with Breast Cancer. Christian Lewinter and colleagues from the Karolinska University Hospital in Stockholm, Sweden report a meta-analysis of these RCTs in patients with breast cancer. The primary analysis was on the effect of BBs and ACE inhibitors stroke ARBs on left ventricular ejection fraction, or LVEF, in patients treated with either trastuzumab or anthracyclines. A secondary analysis was done investigating the effect of BBs or ACE inhibitors stroke ARBs on LVEF in trastuzumab and anthracycline treatments. Only RCTs were included using the search term ARBs, ACE inhibitors, BBs, anthracyclines, trastuzumab and breast cancer in PubMed, Embase and Central up to the 31st of March 2021. A meta-analysis was conducted to estimate the mean difference in LVEF between intervention and placebo groups at follow-up a total of nine RCTs, n equaling 1,362, were included in the analysis. BBs and ACE inhibitors stroke ARBs were shown to significantly attenuate the decline in LVEF 
during trastuzumab and anthracycline treatments, mean difference 2.4 and 1.5 respectively. Compared to placebo, LVEF was significantly higher in patients assigned to a BB or ACE inhibitor stroke ARB on trastuzumab, mean difference 2.3, and not on anthracyclines, mean difference 1.9. The authors conclude that both BB and ACE inhibitor stroke ARB therapies are associated with the preservation of LVEF during trastuzumab and anthracycline-containing regimens as compared with placebo, suggesting both to be beneficial. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Gita Galati from the Akershus University Hospital, Lurenskog, Norway. Galati concludes that the results of this very important meta-analysis rather justify the concept of risk-based initiation of cardioprotective strategies as opposed to a universal implementation of cardioprotective treatment with BBs and or angiotensin antagonists in breast cancer patients with low risk of developing cardiotoxicity, i.e. low cardiovascular risk factors and no previous cardiotoxic cancer treatment. Another approach is to use alternative drug interventions, such as sacubitral valsartin, a mineralocorticoid receptor antagonist, a sodium glucose cotransporter protein 2 inhibitor, or exercise programs. But studies to justify their use are still lacking. The goal is not to burden these patients with additional medication and fear of side effects, but rather to target those in need of cardioprotective therapy with effective and safe cardiac drugs. Previously, guidelines recommended initiating therapy in patients with HF and reduced ejection fraction, or HEFREF, in a sequence that follows the chronological order in which trials were conducted, with cautious uptitration of each treatment. In a clinical research article entitled Accelerated and Personalized Therapy for Heart Failure with Reduced Ejection Fraction, Li Shen and colleagues from the University of Glasgow in Glasgow in the United Kingdom indicate that it remains unclear whether this historical approach is optimal and alternative approaches may improve patient outcomes. The potential reduction in events that might result from 1 more rapid uptitration of therapies used in the conventional order based on the chronology of the trials, and two, accelerated uptitration and using treatments in orders different from what is conventional, were modelled using data from six pivotal trials in HEFREF. Over the first 12 months from starting therapy, using a rapid uptitration schedule led to 23 fewer patients per 1,000 patients experiencing the composite of HF hospitalization or cardiovascular death and seven fewer deaths from any cause. In addition to accelerating uptitration of treatments, optimized alternative ordering of drugs used resulted in a further reduction of 24 patients experiencing the composite outcome and six fewer deaths at 12 months. The optimal alternative sequences included sodium glucose co-transporter 2 inhibition and a mineralocorticoid receptor antagonist as the first two therapies. Shen and colleagues conclude that modeling of an accelerated uptitration schedule and optimized ordering of treatment suggests that at least 14 deaths and 47 patients experiencing the composite outcome per 1,000 treated might be prevented over the first 12 months after starting therapy. 
standard treatment guidance may not lead to the best patient outcomes in HEFREF, though these findings should be tested in clinical trials. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Adrienne Voors and Jasper Tromp from the University Medical Center in Groningen in the Netherlands. Voors and Tromp conclude that the study of Shen et al. provides convincing evidence for using alternative treatment strategies to reduce the time to initiate and up-titrate HF pharmacotherapy. Importantly, their results emphasize the need for quick but responsible initiation and up-titration of the foundational four therapies in patients with HEFREF and new implementation strategies to facilitate this. Cardiac Resynchronization Therapy, or CRT, is an established treatment for HF. There is contradictory evidence as to whether defibrillator capability improves prognosis in patients receiving CRT. In a clinical research article entitled Survival of Patients Undergoing Cardiac Resynchronization Therapy with or Without Defibrillator, the Reset CRT Project. Moritz Hadviger and colleagues from the University of Lübeck in Germany compared the survival of patients undergoing de novo implantation of a CRT with defibrillator, or CRTD option, and a CRT with pacemaker, or CRTP, without any indication for defibrillator implantation for secondary prevention of sudden cardiac death. Enrolled in a large health claims database from 2014 to 2019. The analysis comprised 847 CRTP and 2,722 CRTD patients. Overall, 714 deaths were recorded during a median follow-up of 2.35 years. A higher cumulative incidence of all-cause death was observed in the initial unadjusted Kaplan-Meier time-to-event analysis, hazard ratio, or HR, 1.63. After adjustment for age, HR was 1.13, and entropy balancing the HRs was no longer significant, 1.13 and 0.99 respectively. The results were robust in sensitivity analyses. The authors conclude that in a large health claims database of CRT implantations performed in a contemporary setting, CRTP treatment was not associated with inferior survival compared to CRTD. Age differences accounted for the greatest part of the survival difference that was observed in the initial unadjusted analysis. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Cecilia Linde from the Karolinska Universitet in Stockholm, Sweden. Linda concludes that CRTD is technically more complex and related to greater risk for perioperative complications and for inappropriate shocks. Many patients may prefer CRTP, given detailed information on its risks and benefits. The results of this observational study are a promising prelude to the ongoing randomized RESET CRT study and raise hopes that it will give more definitive answers and guidance in the choice between CRTP and CRTD. In the meantime, clinical judgment is the best we have, and that is not so bad. After all, that is what being a cardiologist is all about. During the coronavirus disease 2019, or COVID-19 pandemic, important changes in heart HF event rates have been widely reported. 
in a clinical research article entitled The Guide HF Trial of Pulmonary Artery Pressure Monitoring in Heart Failure Impact of the COVID-19 Pandemic Michael Zeil and colleagues from the Medical University of South Carolina in the USA point out that few data address potential causes of these changes. Several possibilities were examined in the Guide HF study. From the 15th of March 2018 to the 20th of December 2019, patients were randomized to hemodynamic guided management, the treatment group, versus control for 12 months with a primary endpoint of all-cause mortality plus HF events. Pre-COVID-19, the primary endpoint rate was 0.553 versus 0.682 events per patient year in the treatment versus control group, HR 0.81, P equaling 0.049. Treatment difference was no longer evident during COVID-19, HR 1.11, P equaling 0.526, with a 21% decrease in the control group, 0.536 events per patient year, and no change in the treatment group, 0.597 events per patient year. Data reflecting provider, disease and patient-dependent factors that might change the primary endpoint during COVID-19 were examined. Subject contact frequency was similar in the treatment versus control group before and during COVID-19. During COVID-19, the monthly rate of medication changes fell 19.2% in the treatment versus 10.7% in the control group to levels not different between groups. P equaling 0.362. COVID-19 was infrequent and not different between groups. Pulmonary artery pressure area under the curve decreased minus 98 millimeters of mercury days in the treatment group versus minus 100 millimeters of mercury days in the controls. P equaling 0.867. Patient compliance with the study protocol was maintained during COVID-19 in both groups. Zyla et al. conclude that during COVID-19, the primary event rate decreased in the controls and remained stable in the treatment group, resulting in an effacement of group differences that were present pre-COVID-19. These outcomes did not result from changes in provider or disease-dependent factors. Pulmonary artery pressure decreased despite fewer medication changes, suggesting that patient-dependent factors played an important role in these outcomes. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Martin Cowie from the Royal Brompton Hospital and John Cleland from the University of Glasgow in the United Kingdom. Cowie and Cleland note that this study suggests that during COVID-19, patients genuinely seem to have improved with a change in behaviour leading to improved hemodynamics, which translated into a reduced risk of worsening HF. We need to find a better way of replicating this effect than another lockdown. Transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy, or ATTRCM, is increasingly diagnosed at an early stage of the disease natural history, defined as National Amyloidosis Center, or NAC, ATTR Stage 1. In a clinical research article entitled Characteristics and Natural History of Early Stage Cardiac Transthyretin Amyloidosis, Stephen Law and colleagues from the University College London in the United Kingdom point out 
that the natural history of early-stage ATTRCM remains poorly characterized. This is a retrospective multicenter observational study of 879 patients with ATTRCM, either wild-type TTR genotype or carrying the P.V142I TTR variant, and NAC ATTR stage 1, at the time of diagnosis who did not receive disease-modifying therapy for amyloidosis. Disease characteristics at diagnosis that were independently associated with mortality by Cox regression analysis were N-terminal pro-brain natriuretic peptide or NT-pro-BNP and troponin-T blood levels and TTR genotype. Patients were then categorized into NAC-ATTR stage 1a, defined as a furosemide-equivalent diuretic requirement of less than 0.75 mg per kilogram and an NT-pro-BNP less than or equal to 500 nanograms per litre, or less than and equal to 1,000 nanograms per litre in the presence of atrial fibrillation, and NAC-ATTR stage 1b, comprising all remaining stage 1 patients. Median estimated survival among the 88% of NAC-ATTR stage 1b patients was significantly higher and in the 12% stage 1a patients, HR for death 5.06, P equaling 0.025, despite significant cardiovascular morbidity at the time of diagnosis, which increased during follow-up, including among patients diagnosed with NAC-ATTR stage 1a. Estimated survival among UK NAC-ATTR stage 1a patients was comparable with that of UK general population controls, P equaling 0.297. The authors conclude that patients with NAC-ATTR stage 1 ATTR-CM can be further stratified according to the NT-pro-BNP concentration and diuretic requirement at diagnosis. Patients with stage 1A ATTR-CM have significant cardiovascular morbidity despite good short- and mid-term survival. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Claudia Rapezzi and Matteo Serenelli from the University of Ferrara and Alberta Aimo from the Scuola Superiore Sant'Anna in Pisa, Italy. The authors note that tefamidis is the only approved treatment for cardiac amyloidosis patients without polyneuropathy. The criteria for prescription usually reflects the inclusion criteria of the ATTR-ACT trial, which substantially corresponds to the definition of stage 1b ATTR-CM. Subjects with stage 1a disease were thus not enrolled in the ATTR-ACT trial and are not eligible for tefamidis therapy because of the lack of demonstrated prognostic benefit from this drug. On the other hand, tefamidis seemed more effective in less symptomatic patients and treatment initiation in early-stage ATTRCM might be equally as effective, at least when assessing the impact of HF hospitalization and quality of life. It's not unreasonable to propose clinical trials on patients with early-stage disease, either ATTRWT or ATTRV, with a cardiac phenotype, with the goal of reducing the burden of HF hospitalization and improving the quality of life. A major hindrance to such trials is the high cost of these drugs, making them not cost-effective even in patients with more advanced disease where they can reduce mortality rates.
The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, A Laboratory Viewpoint of the Consensus Paper from the European Society of Cardiology Regarding the Utilization of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics Pathogenic Criteria for Cardiomyopathy. Zhong Duoli and colleagues from the Wang Chong University of Science and Technology in China comment on the recent publication Interpretation and Actionability of Genetic Variants in Cardiomyopathies, a position statement from the European Society of Cardiology Council on Cardiovascular Genomics, by Eloisa Arbostini from the Fondazione IRCCS Policlinico San Matteo in Pavia, Italy. Arbostini et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that the listeners of this issue of the European Heart Journal will find it of interest.